Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the podcast of champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. Thanks, Boris. Uh, I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the podcast of champions coming at you from America, bitches, not Russia. Wow. Yeah. Well, actually, I kind of went... We do Ger- college football here. I kind of went German and Russian because I, I did the welcome. A welcome. Yes. Welcome is much more, much more. Boris and Natasha. But then it kind of turned into Russian after yes. a little bit. Um, I won't say my accent work is my strongest. Mm, it was pretty good. You threw me yeah. off. I don't even remember where I am on the introduction. But together, we make the podcast of champions talking all things Pac-12 football. I am stoked, Jeez. stoked for today's show. First, got to work out in this morning. Then, ruined it with a donut that David brought me just by texting him. I will take a Boston cream, and he brought me one. Didn't have chocolate on the top, but still, you know, powdered sugar, that's good. You didn't ask for a chocolate-covered Boston cream. That's what the normal Boston creams are. What ask- are you talking about? <laughs> I said to the donut guy, do you have Boston cream? And he said yes. Mm. And then he got me a Boston cream. That's what you got. It was very good, and I do appreciate that. Uh, David- are we in Boston? <laughs> no. No, we are not. Uh, man, you New England, where I grew up? zillions of there's a dunkin donuts on every it's like starbucks there dunkin donuts are everywhere dunkin donuts donuts are not very good i kind of like them they're all right but they're not they're not the best but they're it's sort of like mass you know we grew up with those time to make the donuts commercials and stuff but anyway time when, to make the donuts commercials yeah it'd be like this guy nobody like, knows getting that. up at like two in the morning time to make the donuts uh but when they open one out here man they are super popular like line out the door which is kind of crazy um, it's because of all you freaks who, uh, who evangelize for this no, mediocre, I'm not, I'm not a big mediocre coffee. First of all, I don't drink coffee, so I don't care about that. Um, well, the coffee is great if you just like sugar. Like if you just if you just like just the sweetest piece of crap you could possibly drink. I think regular coffee, like in New England, is like cream and sugar. Like that's yeah. a regular or whatever. Yeah. Not Black, yeah, yeah. which, because uh, you know, no, if you ask for sugar in one of those Dunkin' Donuts things, like in a, one of their like iced coffees, it will it will actually give you diabetes <laughs> as you're drinking it. You have to cut a foot off on your way yeah. out. The door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you nail it to the door as you're walking out. Nice, but it's ten o'clock on a Monday. But I'm just so excited because we had 
I got to watch a real spring football game on ESPN. Sorry, say that again. You got to watch a what? Real spring football game. I'm it's sorry. Coach Prime, no, dude. No, no. What does that mean? It was we're we're gonna do it. It was snowing. First, they didn't Prime. even play a game. I mean, it was they a practice. played a bunch of it. It was a speed practice or whatever. Right, but they, you got like a half of a oh, game geez, or something. Whatever, whatever. Uh, you got to see. I mean, it was. And then we got all kinds of fireworks in the portal afterwards, like guys that were superstars in the game. They're like, oh, I'm out. Um, that's great. So awesome, great stuff. And plus, there was a bunch of other spring games. We forgot to talk about Arizona State because Pac-12 Network didn't put any highlights up there, so I didn't see anything from them and didn't realize that. You've gone so soft. You need highlights. You're not watching from beginning to end. Well, I just haven't watched any spring games. I, I was at the USC spring game, but I didn't watch it. I haven't recorded it or anything on the Pac-12 Network because I don't have that anymore but we got a bunch of games to talk about today i think there's only two left after today oregon and ucla no there isn't there's one left is ucla not doing one oregon uh, ucla is not having a spring game okay so they're not showing anything they're not having a thing i maybe i could be wrong maybe they'll have like one of their practices televised but i don't think so okay but there, there's two left that we haven't like stanford same thing stanford had a spring game that was not a game and they still have three practices left so i don't know they're just that was their tv window uh more than anything but we're gonna talk about all that the colorado stuff is huge uh, a lot of big portal uh kind of news uh going on there if you have any questions or comments which you guys haven't sent any emails from last week so we need some emails pack 12 podcast at gmail.com you could also call or text us at 424-532-0678 or you can tweet us at pack 12 podcast when i tweeted out the uh the link a day before that we were going to go live, people were commenting like, wow, what's going on? It wasn't like 10, 20 minutes before. Um, try to do this organized a little bit. And I and asked David, I put a lot of notes in this. So we have. A, I would say for once, Ryan actually held up his end. For once. Um, for yeah. once. A lot for of notes. First, for the first time uh, since we've been doing the show. What is it now? Eight years? Yeah. I spent a lot of my Sunday like making notes on yeah. Pac-12 Spring. I, I was just impressed. You know you know me. I'm mm-hmm. always, uh, I've got this thing strapped to my shoulders, just carrying it. Um, you know, I've got this like crack in my knee now. And I think it's from the weight of carrying this show <laughs> on my back. Um, but uh, Ryan stepping up for this one time, one time only. One time only. And uh, putting together those notes, that was that was huge because I needed it after after really, you know, kind of I'm I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in physical pain <laughs> from all the work I've been doing on this show. And to see you uh, finally step up with just, you know, I, I would say a solid 10, maybe 15 minutes of work yes. uh, yesterday. Uh, it it, honestly, it made me a little bit emotional. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I checked out some of the highlights and uh, a lot of the, the write ups from the different um, sites on the pack on 24 seven sports and content put up by the Pac-12 network. So I kind of got notes for all the spring games. Uh, they were out there. You can also go to our website, pac12podcast.com or over on Reddit. And we love the Apple Podcasting app because you could follow us there on the Podcast of Champions. You can rate us with a five stars on the rating thing, and then you can leave us a terrible review and trash us. And I think we have if, one. If you haven't read, if you haven't written one in a while, we do have one, and I'll read it in a second. But if you haven't written one in a while, while I'm talking, I want you to start writing your review. Okay? Yeah, there you go. This is from Angels Fan1522. Five-star review. Finally, a Pac-12 podcast for modern football fans. When I downloaded this podcast, I thought there would be a lot of talking about sports, but I was relieved by the Disney princess conversations because no one wants to hear about whether Cal's offense lost to the defense in a scrimmage. David Woods is the best part of the podcast. His attention to detail and wit makes the podcast flow. Nice. My attention to detail and wit. (laughs) This is definitely someone that hasn't listened to this They, they listen to about five minutes of one show, apparently. Nice. 
Uh, yeah. Was that it? That was the review? That was the review. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's sort of like, sometimes they don't end like on a... No, it was a tight, tight review. I liked you know. it. It had a nice beginning and an end. Uh, yeah. We got some Dunkin' Donuts fans in the chat. Uh, we do like... Yeah, and if you... So anyone listening or watching on uh, YouTube right now, I think we got like 30 people on live. Pretty good for like a Monday morning. Thank you uh, for doing that. Please uh, like and subscribe over on our YouTube channel for Podcast of Champions. We got to get that up to 1,000 subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please uh, do that. But also, if you put question in your comments on there, I will star them and get them to the end. We don't have any emails today. So any questions we get from the chat, we will most likely uh, read and talk about. So um, yeah, but I'm excited uh, excited for today, David, because we've got a bunch of fun stuff to get to, I know you're you were all over all these spring games, but I had, was I was all over them. I was draping myself over them. But we got some other news. Uh, first, we'll start with some. Uh, uh, yeah, USC got five star defensive tackle Bear Alexander from. Oh, some guy National who got Champions. some guy who got run out of Georgia. <laughs> Great, I'm glad they got their leavings. He had a sack in the national championship game. Uh-huh. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they need it. Is that the leavings? Is that the droppings? Is that what is this? Is this for the bear? Uh, yeah. Uh, from from the Georgia. Uh, are they? Uh, you know, he was he was cut. He was cut from the program. He was not, <laughs> they're trying to get him back. Uh, he ended up leaving originally from Texas. Uh, but yeah, USC got him. They needed some help on the defensive line, and so it's a big name there. If you remember last year, they got big names on offense. Their defense I'm, stunk, so they're trying to get big names. I am defense. super excited to see how uh, USC turns all of this talent into a uh, bottom 40 defense this year. Yeah, it's very – possibilities are, yeah, very high. Probabilities. Uh, but they, they – probabilities, I guess so. Uh, yeah, so they got – that's a big one, probably one of the bigger names we've seen in the portal. Uh, we have uh, – you know, sending uh, best wishes to Scott Barnes, the uh, – Oregon State Athletic Director. So apparently he's now medically stable, but he was hospitalized, being honored in Fresno, uh, where he played, um, went to school. And so he had to go to a uh, hospital there and stuff. So this was as of Saturday night. I don't, I haven't got an update since, but he's apparently medically stable. So hopefully everything goes well um, with him. You saw that on Twitter and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously thoughts and hopefully, uh, hopefully everything turns out okay there. Yeah. Um, there was also some, a little bit of news on the, uh, media rights front. So Jim Williams does a good job covering a lot of, uh, sports media stuff. And he kind of was getting into it on Twitter with a lot of people. But so what he tweeted out was, I think it was on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, is the only thing I confirmed this morning regards to the PAC 12 media rights deal is that Apple TV wants the entire tier one package. And when you would use PAC 12 network as their production arm. I know Wilner and Kanzano both talked about that, that that would be like the Pac-12 Network's production capabilities or something that's actually a benefit for the conference, um, not necessarily I'm sorry, program. who is Jim Williams? Uh, he's, I forget which outlet he works for. He, he covers like sports media stuff. Is he um, this guy who uh, is from D.C.? I think so. And he's got, uh, he follows 5,736 people on Twitter and is followed by 100 less than that? Is that it? And he's and he bought a blue check. Maybe I've never heard of this guy before, which is why I'm questioning. I thought, well, I yeah, well, maybe I'm wrong. But people were interacting <laughs> with him and stuff. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> I just I, I want to be careful because there's a lot of people on Twitter pretending 
Like they know a goddamn thing about any of this. True. Stuff. And this is some dude from DC. So I have no idea. I thought, okay, my apologies. It was not, I, I saw it making the rounds and I think he was interacting with some, some real pack. So I'll say people. this to yeah. engage with what uh, he tweeted. Uh, if they can get uh, it all on Apple TV with no linear, I mean, frankly, I think that's totally fine. There could, and I, from the thoughts of people who were responding, I think the linear piece could be, you know, go along with it, even like a CW thing where you can actually get some, uh, some of the content would be on linear, linear as well. Maybe for the first couple of years, as more of a transition thing. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see, you know, what this ends up being but um that would be i think it's consistent with what apple tv like wanted to do like with mls and things like that so um then it becomes do you get enough exposure versus enough money so uh and with i know the espn layoffs have started um you're seeing tweets about people that have been there the one guy that was there like 42 years and uh he got laid off um so yeah it's a it's a weird landscape right now for trying to get trying to make a bunch of money in the space when there's uh, local, uh, you know, the uh, regional sports networks are folding uh, big names like ESPN are laying off a bunch of people. Um, so yeah. So I'm curious to see what this ends up being, but I kind of feel like the Apple TV thing might be a real part of this where they, you know, they, they're going to be like all in on Apple TV. I don't know. We'll see. I think that'd be totally fine. I mean, I, I think a lot of people struggle with it initially, but if you want to watch the games, you'll be able to find them. And if uh, so, you'll lose a little bit of the casual viewer, probably. But how much casual viewing were you getting anyway? Yeah. Speaking of blue checks, I don't have mine anymore. Are you sad about that? Mm, I don't know. I was just sort of like, oh. Can we speak about blue checks for a second? Because yeah, there's, some there's some important uh, information, which is that the Pac 12. Oh, yes. Has, has purchased an $8 blue check while the other conferences are either holding out and not doing any check, which is a respectable stance, or they've got the full gold uh, uh, organization badge. Now, there are two ways to get the organization badge. I don't know about the organization badge. Yeah, That's I, the gold one. That the you Big tweeted Ten this out. Like so JF, the Big, Ten, the Big yeah. Ten may have just been grandfathered in as, oh, you are an official organization, or they might be paying the $1,000 a month for the organization affiliate thing. Either way, how that reflects on the Pac-12 is first. Uh, I think it's the ACC that has nothing. And the ACC. Yeah, I tweeted is, out like I looked that through. Is, that the is, ACC has nothing. That's the absolute most respectable stance. Right. Paying eight bucks is first, <laughs> the like worst. absolute worst, and you are a poverty conference. <laughs> paying a thousand dollars is pretty bad, but at least you're not showing yourself as a poverty conference. Right. Uh, the Pac-12 has chosen. The middle position, which is the absolute worst, you are going to draw so much like bullshit down on yourself for absolutely no gain. Yeah, you just wanted to have a blue check next to your conference, and they bought it for not only the Pac 12 conference, but also for the Pac 12 network. Nice network. Uh, yeah, so I looked at the Power Five when you tweeted that out. I thought it was funny. You compared the two the big, the Big Ten has this gold check, you know, yeah. this is an authorized organization or whatever it is. And then the Pac-12 has a blue check. You paid eight bucks a month. Um, so then I looked at the ACC. They had nothing, which I thought the same thing. That's probably the best. And then the the Big 12 uh, and uh, was oh, the SEC also have the gold checks. So uh, yeah. two of those can definitely afford it. And the Big 12, I don't know, maybe. But the Pac-12 just, yes, it definitely looks like impoverished uh 
circumstances. It's just absolute poverty conference. Very yeah. sad. Very sad to see. Uh, so that's not good. But yeah, that was pretty funny. So I, I saw so are you going to throw down for the blue check? Uh, I wasn't going. I, I don't think so. Unless that's sort of like. It's it, not the worm's not going to turn on this one. If you buy one, you're going to it's like it's like drawing a scarlet letter on your forehead. Yeah. People are like hate it. Right. Yeah. Even people who like I, I know like a couple of our our friends and colleagues did it and then got rid of it because really? because of, uh, you know, some. So, like, looking at the benefits, like, if if my tweets would, like, basically, you're we're using Twitter to promote our products, right? Like, we're to promote our content. And if if I pay eight bucks a month and I would get a lot more promotion for it, I'm just looking at... So, can I tell people a thing, which is an important thing? Yeah, uh, yeah. Twitter doesn't drive traffic. It doesn't. So, when you link on Twitter, typically, people are not clicking through the link. When you link on Facebook, that drives traffic. Like, Which is if you, weird. If you yeah. look at our traffic totals, like the the percentage that comes from Facebook is significantly higher than Twitter. Uh, Twitter is like engagement. It's building an audience. It's I think over the long run, it actually helps our subscription business more than it helps anything else because people see us as respected names and they're like, oh, let me follow this person yeah. to their place where they write more in depth stuff and so on and so forth. But it's not really for driving traffic. Um, and so the verified aspect here's where I'm because it's reputation, right? So the verified aspect is used to be, well, it's a guarantor of your reputation, right? That yeah. You are Ryan Abraham. You right. are the official source on USC. Now it's a guarantor that you pay $8 a month to <laughs> Elon Musk. Right. Um, and I think for a lot of people who, who are, you know, kind of Twitter heavy right now, it's like that's actually a bad thing. And so there's value in the Twitter blue thing because you can edit your tweets. Like yeah, you can you get edit. the edit button. You can write longer, though that kind of defeats the entire purpose of the website. But I if, think you can get more engagement. But too, right? the problem is the reputational aspect because yeah. having the blue check actually is starting to be a negative signifier for a lot of people. So don't think it, I don't think it comes out right in the wash. Right. If the pros and cons list. Because like, I, I think the main reason you're doing Twitter is reputational. It's not actually traffic driving. Okay. But I, I, when I was reading the aspect of it, it seems like some of them you would get more engagement. I used to have like a verified thing on my – like I could look at verified tweets, which now they don't really mean much because it just means, like you said, people paid 8 bucks a month. But It's if, not the 8 bucks. So somebody just said Ross Lewis crying about uh, $8, first world problems. It's not the 8 bucks. 8 bucks, anybody can afford it pretty much. Um, it's the – there's actually a reputational cost with getting it now. Yeah, for sure. But, but I, yeah, I don't plan on doing it. But if there were some like, oh wow, this would be a huge benefit. I don't mind doing it. Like it's, it's basically paying for. I mean, we use Twitter a lot, and maybe we won't use Twitter as much anymore. But it does seem like the place you go when, hey, we're going to do a live show. Tweet it out, and people kind of say, oh, cool, or whatever, and they interact. And yeah, yeah, you know, we post it on our message boards and stuff too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I. But you're right. Like for our traffic-wise, Facebook for whatever reason gets a lot of traffic. But Facebook is almost like Google. It's almost like just SEO stuff. Like you just, we would get like if you look at the UCLA like bro, um, look at your the top stories that are referred by Facebook, and one of them could be like, you know, Rams trade Jalen Ramsey, and you're like, why is that getting a whole lot on my Facebook page? But it does. Like it's just weird. Yeah. So whatever it is with Facebook, people are more inclined to click through links, and uh, that is a, I mean. That's how we get the uh, advertising dollars. Um, but Twitter doesn't do that. 
Like Twitter really yeah. doesn't drive at that level. It drives some, but it doesn't drive at that level. Yeah. Um, and that's why, again, all of this seems like just misevaluation of the product. Like all these kind of product rollouts with Twitter, it's like anybody who's actually a publisher on the platform knows that that's not actually the the value of it. Yeah. Uh, we got some new rules uh, that are apparently coming down. I think Nicole Arbeck uh, tweeted this out from The Athletic about what these rules were going to be. Oh, on. let's sink our teeth into this because I'm I'm a little heated about so some of this. So this is kind of um, – I don't like it, the first one. So basically what is the you know, biggest differentiator between college and the NFL – Is you can have a lot happen in a little amount of time. And if you get a first down, they temporarily stop the clock until the ball is set, and then they start the clock again. It's just been a thing, you know. They don't have a two-minute warning. They do this. I think, now that I'm thinking about this, they should add the two-minute warning. You got rid of this. So I think that would be good. Um, but there's now gonna, you know, running clock after first downs, except for the last two minutes of each half. So you will get to stop the clock after a first down in the last two minutes of each half. Um, you can't. The other two are kind of weird. Like You can't call consecutive timeouts. Like Who cares? And then if you get a, a, a penalty at the end of the first or third quarter, uh, there's no untimed downs. It just carries over to the next one. Like I don't think those two. That are... always made sense. They they should have always been doing that one. But it doesn't. Does that come up very often? It doesn't seem like the consecutive it. timeouts. I'm fine with because that you get the like field goal shit shows at the end of a half sometimes where it's like they call like two or three timeouts in a row to ice the kicker or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah the running sucks. clock I think is a, a so I got warring thoughts on it as I always do. Yes. One. Um, It'll it'll obviously dictate fewer plays in the game, which is for player safety better, right? It doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. If you've got a running clock, you're playing instead of a I don't know an eighty play game, you're playing a seventy play game or yeah. whatever. Ten fewer plays a game, player safety. Is that somewhat negligible? Probably. Um, are you going to have some more muscle strain stuff from trying to like I don't know? run with a running clock all the time maybe i have no idea but you know fewer play count you're probably ending up with a, a hair fewer injuries a year which is good from a game enjoyment standpoint it's I, I think it's one of the one of the worst changes i can remember um because so college is a is uh fundamentally different from pro and i think a big part of it is the number of plays uh the high variance and how quickly things can change uh, in a game. Um, in the NFL, like you've got the two-minute warning at the end of the half, but um, it takes a lot to come back from a multi-score uh, deficit. It takes yeah. a lot of time to come back from multi-score deficit, and that's with a lot better players. That's with yeah. you know higher-level players. Uh, at the college level, uh, you can have the score go from... I mean, we saw it a bunch last year where it's... Uh, a, 21 point lead and suddenly it's nothing in like three and a half minutes yep um and that's gonna go away like there's not gonna be that with anything like a normal amount of frequency anymore and that's part of what makes college fun is how stupid it can get very quickly this is this diminishes the stupidity um which and it also flattens this product even more we're already seeing it in so many other ways that they're NFLizing the product, um, you know, there's the good part of it, which is players are getting paid, but there's the bad part of it where we're getting super conferences. This is another bad part of it where, and I'm not sure if the impetus is player safety, I'm for it. Uh, like I, I can weigh it all together in my brain and say, okay, if we've done a, a whatever, a long study on it and found that that's, you know, comes out in the wash that guys are going to get hurt a little bit less. 
yeah, okay. You'll take a little sacrifice of enjoyment to see that happening. But if the main reason is just some stupid stuff, like we want to get the games done quicker, no college football fan is clamoring for this to be done in three hours and 15 minutes instead of three hours and 30. Like nobody's doing that. Um, And the reality is what they're going to do is make the game shorter and make the commercials longer. Um, And it's just... Yeah, I, I don't love it. I And I think, you know, if we know the movers and shakers in this business, it is a money and, and uh, time and commercials and TV windows deal rather than player safety. Yeah, Ross uh, put in the chat, he says, like Josh Pate said, that it's just ammo for courtrooms saying that they're doing everything possible for player safety while also expanding the playoffs. Um, you know, it's I get it. Uh, I don't I, I just always love this rule in college football. It's just part of it's part of the just the you know, the infrastructure, it's just the way you know it. it's the the bones the of college football. Like that's just one of the things that makes it different. And I, I haven't I'm not watched a lot of baseball games. I think I'm gonna go to a Dodger game on Friday or something, but I haven't really watched much baseball. They made the bases bigger, which apparently has actually helped with like injuries, you know, just having a little bit bigger base. So you have a bigger surface area. Uh, there's more base stealing going on. Um, but they tried it in the minor leagues, it seemed to work. It's like, okay, that makes sense. The pitch clock, I know some people hate it, but it's made the games go faster. And they didn't, you're not taking away from the action. You're just taking away from in between action. And that's just part of what baseball was, right? There was a lot of downtime. So you're just eliminating the downtime. Like, this isn't eliminating downtime. This is eliminating like game time, you know? Yeah. So it's a little bit different. But yeah. Yeah, you're removing plays from the game. It's, it's essentially like if you said, you know, baseball's too long. Let's take away the ninth inning. Let's just make it eight innings. Yeah. Um, and you'd be up in arms about that because football has a running clock and nobody really knows exactly how many plays are in a particular game. Removing plays doesn't sound as bad, but it is the same thing. It, you're you're removing a, a, a heavy percentage of the plays per game. Yeah. You're not going to see as much football because of this. Um, NFL games, I mean, what do they typically go like 50 plays, 60 plays, somewhere in that range? Yeah, I think they're they're definitely not as many as college. Yeah, it's not, it's no nowhere near as many. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're gonna have tempo offenses in college football who are going to, you know, use this somewhat to their advantage. Um, you might have to see, you're gonna probably see some more because the thing is with the clock stopping on first down, it gives offenses a little time to like get their thing set up, but it also tends to like get, let the defenses get set up a little bit better. If you've got running clock, those defenses have to get their calls in really quick. Um, and you're going to see probably defensive timeouts more frequently too. Um, but all that being said, you're, you're just going to see less football. Yeah. And not a fan of, no, we're not fans of, we had a comment, uh, Eddie, Holy smokes. Dave cleaned up really nicely. Yeah. I had a wedding. On uh, Saturday, he's wearing like a—is that a Carhartt? Car it is, yeah. Carhartt shirt, t-shirt. But yeah. just the fact that you have your hair cut, yeah, yeah, and beard trimmed, yeah. Well, I don't think anyone was talking about my shirt. Pretty impressive. Uh, okay, those are the rules. Um, John Wilner had a story. I think it was late last week. So, if you guys remember the Pac-12 Network, uh, Pac-12 fired a couple executives, uh, Mark Shukin and uh, Brent William. Uh, those two dudes, because remember the whole like Comcast, like, hey, we're paying Comcast. We're getting too much, $5 million extra a year from Comcast. And let's not say anything about it. And they, you know, so now the Pac-12 owes like $50 million of Comcast. Um, but anyway, those two dudes have fired a wrongful termination complaint against the conference. So basically, they were saying that um, they reported it. They told Larry, Larry Scott. Larry, Larry Scott ordered the code red. Right. 
They're saying this was Larry Scott. We told him. So don't say anything. Um, Wasn't that? Didn't we literally just speculate that as soon as we heard this news? Uh, yeah, yeah, he one hundred percent knew they're scapegoating a couple of guys. Yeah, and it's going to come out. The Pac-12 did issue a statement to Wilner, who said the claims being alleged are wholly without merit, and the Pac-12 intends to vigorously defend against such false claims. Mm. So they're fighting it. Um, this is sort of just like. Something bad happened, and you got to take your medicine. The guy that was at the top is already gone. We got to fire a couple dudes. They're going to say, "Hey, dude, it's not my fault." Um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with this. Uh, how did George Klyovkov know when he came in, and they didn't say anything right away? I, I don't know. I mean, there's. It does seem like this sort of stinks, and you hope it just goes away, but it's it's not going away. Uh, it's definitely going to cost all the schools money. In some way, and this could cost those schools more money because you fired those dudes. Yeah, yeah. If they sued the conference, I don't know what the conference's liabilities are and how the schools have to make up for it, but not great. No. Hey, uh, oh, we got like 40 people in the chat. Nice. Hell smash, yeah. Smash that like button. Let's subscribe. Go. Subscribe. Let's fucking go. Subscribe. Let's yeah. go. Um, oh, we got a great comment from Ryan Hawkins. Uh, hold on. Let me put this up here. He is watching from his dentist waiting room. Perfect. Nice. Uh, you hear the... That's my dental uh, uh, drill. So if there's a, a school that one of the Pac-12 team plays that are like the dentists, that's that's the... We uh, got to get a dental drill sound. Okay, I good. think that's a sound effect we need. What what would it be for? When would we use it? Um, Like whatever the worst team to watch is this year. Mm. Like before we start talking about their game, we just play that. We we might be talking about that team uh, in the spring game stuff coming up. So I'm yeah. I'm curious. Like I will give some optimistic whatever what was being portrayed on the Pac-12 network, and then you can I can shit all over it. Right, I can just drip feces down its face. Yeah. Um. Let's we'll do the two spring games, and then we'll take a little break, and we'll do the rest of them. But I wanted I my apologies. I didn't mention this one last week. Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> I actually had it in my roundup because I, th I thought it was scheduled, and then I didn't see any content from Pac-12 Network, so I'm like, oh, it must have been delayed or something. But they actually did run one um, for Arizona State. The you know the If you saw Kenny Dillingham afterwards, I guess they had about 5,000 people. Denny Killingham. Denny Killingham. About 5,000 people show up. And he was saying, I kind of expected to be more. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed. We said we wanted to be a football town. It was a good crowd, but not what a football town should be. And I, you know, looking at all the spring games, five thousand was a like a pretty good number. Um, now we'll get into Colorado, and they had like forty five thousand plus. USC, you know, with the Heisman Trophy guy coming back, had like twenty five thousand, but it was down from their year before. It's like having a new coach with new hope is kind of the main reason you want to come. So I think USC had you know thirty two thousand last year. Colorado gets like souls up forty five thousand. So maybe with ASU a new coach, but it's. It's a young, young, unproven coach. It's not a huge name. If it was, you know, somebody that was like, uh, you know, some big name in college coaching, then maybe you'd get more people out there. So, I don't know. 5,000 people. I thought it seemed like it was a pretty good number across the Pac-12. Um, but they had a bunch of running backs out. Uh, they, you know, they, they're one of the running backs, uh, Cameron... Uh, Scatibo, I believe. Uh, he had a big game. I would have gone Scatibo. Scatibo? Yeah. Scatabo? Okay. Because it sounds great. Scatabo's cool. 
It's a really cool name. He was the uh, Big Sky Player of the Year, so one of the transfers that they're excited about. Um, they are going to be more aggressive on defense. Brian Ward comes in there. They had like five sacks and four picks in the game, so trying to do that. But, yeah, just in general, uh, I think there's optimism. A lot of, you know, when you look at portal stuff, ASU's doing a lot. Nothing compared to what Colorado's doing, but they're doing a lot. Um, but I think Dillingham or Killingham wanted to <laughs> see more people show up there. Yeah. So uh, I I I don't know. As a as a you know obviously a big appreciator of spring games, um, getting five thousand people to show up for that shit is incredible. Yeah. Um, Forty five thousand is insane. Like, what are you doing? Like, Boulder citizens. What's going on? Why are you going to a spring game? Yeah. Like my my nephew, who's looking at Colorado as a potential institution, was like trying to get tickets to that spring game. Couldn't. Like it's just, come on, you don't need to do that. Don't be a tryhard. Uh, like the most that should show up to a spring game is like fifteen thousand, and that's in like the SEC. <laughs> like, come on, it's not football. It's barely a practice. Don't do it. You don't need that in your life. Um. Like my brother and his buddies used to tailgate ahead of time for UCLA spring games. And it's just like, come on. We don't need to be about that. Yeah. We're not about that life. It's not a real competition. It's like getting really excited for an exhibition basketball game. But even that, that's like a real competition against another team. Yeah. Like you're just playing a scrimmage. You're 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 watching a practice, guys. Well, speaking of practices <laughs> and watching and paying to do so. Yeah. Colorado Buffalo. Uh, this was awesome, David. I think it was forty-seven thousand ends up being sold out. Ten bucks a piece. They got four inches of snow. Had to clear the field. Dion uh, did a lot of interviews. Full, you know, ESPN broadcast. Um, who's the guy? Is it Chris Fowler? Who's the guy that lives in Colorado? Yes. Fowler on the call with RG three. Um, they, you know, Dion talked about, we probably shouldn't do it then. Maybe we could move it to tomorrow. It's supposed to be 51 degrees, like on Sunday, as opposed to Saturday. But Rick George, the athletic director, they decided to go through with it. They clear the field. The fans show up like two hours early. It's a, it's a fest. I mean, everyone uh, was excited uh, for this game and ESPN dove right in. Like I said, the only spring game that they showed uh, on the main network uh, this year. So pretty crazy stuff. I, I enjoyed it. Like I watched, I taped it and watched it um, the next morning. And uh, you taped it? I taped it. Yeah. It's on a VHS somewhere. Yes. Yeah. It's a, a uh, it's a Betamax. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, those are, those work well. Those were the better ones. They were better. And then they did lost. Were those the small ones? No, I think they were similar size. I don't. I don't ever had one, but yeah, Beta yeah. apparently had better technology, but VHS like had better. Oh, I thought you'd actually upgrade it. I thought you burned it to a CD. No, that's the newfangled stuff. Yeah, you don't, I want don't to do that. Do it. Yeah, that's, why would you do that? Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty exciting. Um, you know, at the right very <laughs> beginning, Coach Prime was like, "Oh, let me put up some pictures of him because he he had an awesome cowboy hat on." Um, you know, all the sayings were going on. It was really, it was, it was spectacular. Just like he was excited. 
you know, I think genuinely excited to see the crowd and how, uh, you know, this, I, I think he really loved seeing all those people there and they were really excited. They were doing interviews with people along the sides. He wanted players that be carted off because of exhaustion. Um, you, you watch, they, they get in there. The first commercial is the Affleck commercial with coach prime and Nick Saban. Uh, it was just like, you couldn't have scripted it. I think any better, uh, if you're Colorado to go from one eleven like one of the worst teams we've ever seen, um, to this where they're nationally relevant just because they're bringing all these dudes. They got coach prime, a uh, lot of, you know, they might start off one and five. We don't know, but. I'm, you know, just watching some of the stuff. I'm pretty, I'm a little more optimistic maybe than I was before. I know. Yeah, you, sure. I mean, I've been pretty optimistic. Just, I mean, it's again, it's a talent infusion. It's not like there's like some miasma just surrounding uh, a program. Like you get more talent, you're going to be better. Yeah. Uh, and Colorado's gotten more talent. Now they're also losing some guys. <laughs> um, what, it's got to be over 30 transfers out now. Um, and immediately after the spring game, uh, Montana Lamonius Craig, who, what did he have, like 150 yards in the spring game? He's Yeah, well, I'll tell you some of the spring game stuff. He was a superstar. So he's from Inglewood. Uh, it's his third year, I believe, in Colorado. He was wearing number one. And in the spring game, he was wearing 15 because you have to earn the single digits. With Dion. you have to earn your numbers. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But, yeah, I think it was three catches. He had like a 98-yard touchdown. <laughs> Looked like a man out there. And, uh, you know, one of – one of the holdovers and he looks like someone and then they had, so there was, he tweets out this like long thank you thing. And then people are retweeting like, Oh, he's entered the portal. I read the whole thing. He never said he was entering the portal. So you're like, what, what is going on here? Um, but he looked, he looked really good and maybe he was just showcasing his talents there and was planning to leave anyway. Maybe he got run out. I don't know. But, um, you know, Shador Sanders, the, the quarterback, did like an Instagram live and was like shocked. So it wasn't like he wanted. I mean, Shakur so, wanted him around. So, so that was that was a joke because Montana was standing next to him when he was recording that Instagram live. So yeah. he, he was kind of like just kind of kidding around a little bit. They were. But then like he was saying, hey, go blow up his mentions because, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't sound like Shakur wanted him. Shador wanted him gone. No, 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 I don't think he did. Um, uh, so, like, some people were saying, like, oh, they ran him out. Like, I don't think so. Um, I mean, but maybe he felt disrespected because he didn't get his number one, or I, I don't know. But he was like, he looked amazeballs in the game, and then now he's gone, along with a bunch of other guys. Maybe he's going to follow the Brendan Rice plan and uh, transfer to USC to go be their sixth guy in the rotation. Yeah, he might be the number one guy this year. Like, he's he's looked pretty legit. But apparently, so if you're following along. It looks like 29 guys are in and 29 guys are out as of like a couple hours ago, according to Adam Munster Tiger. Just follow him on Twitter because he's going to keep up with all this stuff. Um, they also had the wide receiver uh, Jordan Tyson enter the portal, who's I think he played a lot, you know, in 21 games the last two years. Cornerback Jason Oliver, he's played a bunch. Um, defensive back uh, Tyron Taylor, I don't think he's done much, or offensive lineman. Uh, Jackson uh, Anderson, they're both out, and then uh, an edge rusher to uh, Shakon uh, Bowser or Shakon Shakon Bowser, yeah. um, which I don't think did much either. I think he was a redshirt freshman or something. But um, and I'm probably there's a couple more guys since then. So 
Monster Tiger said 29 in, 29 out, but they're still over the limit. So they still yeah, have the, to get the, rid of more They got to have more out than in. But you you want I think sometimes it's good to have people that are, you know, there's even if you're a terrible program, there's going to be good things. There's things that are good about it. You, you want to keep them around. So losing a guy like a Lamonius Craig, it's like, man, like it What a name. Montana, Lamonius Craig. Pretty good. Like, From right here in Inglewood. Incredible name. Really close by. How with a name like that did he have to go to Colorado? Sorry to call it. He had like offers. I think he had like an Auburn offer. Like it was a like a legit, you know, like high three star uh, yeah. recruit, if I remember yeah, yeah. correctly. And it's you know, and I think we've seen stuff like that where you have basically an incompetent organization, right? I, mean, I saw USC like for years. New people come in that really know what they're doing. Okay, Lincoln Riley, his staff, they know what they're doing. Sometimes you're you're changing things that the the bad organization probably had some things they were doing right for a reason that maybe just accidental. I know he was kind of a he was a mid mid three star. He was a mid three star. Okay, yeah. But I think he had some real offers. Yeah, he had Auburn, he had uh, Colorado, at Arizona, Boise okay. State, BYU. Yeah, so there's some real ones there. Yeah, but so you come in and you look at this disorganized organization, you know, just incompetent. And you're like, all right, let's change everything. Sometimes you don't want to change everything. Like there's a couple of things you want to keep around. So I'm curious to see what the story uh, with him would be if if he knew that it just wasn't for him. He doesn't like whatever it is. Seemed like he got along with, you know, you get along with Sanders, the quarterback, and Sanders, the coach. Like, hey, that you're probably in a good spot. But for Maybe whatever reason, who knows? Yeah. So who knows? It seemed like no, he, they were him and Sanders, like uh, Shador, where it seemed like they're buds. You know, that didn't seem from was what he, the, was he buds with Dion. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Um, but it, it just kind of sucks. You'd like to see some of those guys like that stick around. They'll be fine talent-wise. I think they're bringing a lot of dudes. Um, Jimmy Horn Jr., who's the guy from UCF, he didn't play. But they're really excited about him. He had like a hip injury. And uh, they're, they're going to have some dudes. But it would be nice to have like a, a guy that was there that went through. Like just covering USC this last year, it's great to see a Jordan Addison or Caleb Williams come in, but when they kind of gel with someone that's been there and, and has been through the trenches and was on really terrible teams, they kind of appreciate the fact that you're on a, a much better team. So it would have been good to see a guy like that be on a much better team. Fair enough. Uh, but hope him, you know, hope wherever he goes. I've got to say a lot of Travis Hunter. So you remember him, former like number one recruit out there. Uh, he had a touchdown on the first drive. Um, they did a lot of first team offense with, you know, uh, Shador Sanders, a quarterback at second team D and then second team offense versus first team D. And then it's some threes and stuff, but they, they ran a real scrimmage for a while. Um, Deion Sanders says the special team sucked. They had a PAT blocked to return for two. They had a field goal blocked, almost returned for a touchdowns. Um, so it was funny. They were both, uh, coordinators. I think both were head coaches they were trying to interview them during like the scrimmage and they're like trying to call plays and like pay attention to, to ESPN and stuff. I thought that was kind of funny, but the play of the game, it was like, they were, I think they just started off like inside the five yard line, like a two yard line, just to like, as a, you know, situational thing or you're backed up and uh, Sanders threw it to uh, Lamonis Craig. And it was a, he made a move and like kind of pulled a guy over and it was a 98 yard touchdown. So that was pretty cool. Um, RG three did bag on the PAC 12 refs a little bit. There was like a bad missed call and then they would call some stuff and they're like, yeah, PAC 12 refs doing things that no one wants them to do. It was kind of funny. Um, they did show a clip of, uh, of coach prime in the like stall where when Ralphie runs and comes back in and they bring him back in that thing, he's pretty much running full speed and he stops 
in that little pen. And Dion was in the pen with like one of the handlers and she's like, it's going to be okay. Okay. And he was like, he was not having it, but he was, uh, he said it was a little intimidating. So that was kind of fun to see uh, Dion and, uh, and Ralphie kind of interact. Um, they have Jay Feely's kid. Remember him, the kicker? I do. He, Jace. Chase Feely? Jace. Yeah. Jace Feely. Yeah. And they got a Jack- Jackson State transfer kicker, but both of them, I think, got a, a thing blocked. It's one thing um, to name your kid uh, your name, right? Like, say you've got, like, a long family line of, you, you know, you're Jay Feely, the, like, 10th or whatever, right? You want Jay Feely, the 11th. Yeah. You know, you're with me. But just to add another sound to your name and make yeah. that your kid's name... It'd be like if I if I named one of my daughters Davida. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And he just went Jace. Jace. Because that's yeah. all he did. He yep. changed. I mean, the spelling is J A C E. But he, he seen just a snake. He just added a, a sibilant S sound to it, and called it good. Yeah. What's going on there? I don't know. That's kind of weird. But. Another name, like there's a bunch of names on this roster that they yeah. got transferred in. And uh, real quick, one more thing. Phoenix. Did you know that Dion lost two toes? I, I, I want to say I had heard that when we were discussing uh, which coach would survive a zombie apocalypse best uh, because that was one of his inhibiting factors was that he no longer had two of his toes. I don't remember that. Yeah, so he had some kind of blood clot thing. But it's funny, they were interviewing his son, and they were talking about the cold, and he was saying something about, like, yeah, not used to this, don't really want to, like, play in the cold, or something along those lines. And then made, like, a little shot at his dad about, like, his feet would be a little colder because he's missing a couple toes in his shoe or something like that. Wouldn't his feet be warmer? Because there's less, you know, more air less surface area. I think you want... No, like when I'm cold, like you want to put your hands together, like you you don't want space. Oh, so you want curl, but like what you, you could also do is pack your shoe a little bit with some like insulation. Then true, because you got a little, little more space, a little bit more room to work with. Yeah, but I was like, so I heard that like when I was like writing some notes, and I'm like, wait, what? Did he just take a shot at his dad not having toes? And then I googled that. I didn't realize it enough. He's missing a couple toes. Yeah, well. he still seems to run okay out there. So. Yeah, well, he's a, uh, a world class athlete, maybe the best ever. But very exciting. Now, I mean, the portal thing is just absolutely crazy. It's hard to keep up with what's going on, but um, there's a lot of excitement. And do I come when I watch these games? Do I come away being more optimistic about the season? Like maybe they can win more games. They're going to be one of those teams that's not an easy out. Like they're going to have enough talent. They're going to they're going to be able to knock off. You know, it's not just going to be like knock off Cal on their worst day kind of thing. This would be, you know, you can beat a lot of the middle of the road Pac-12 teams. I bet. Um, just so all if your, things go well. All you're demonstrating and proving right now is that I am always correct without even having to watch a spring game. Which is? Which is, I said all this about Colorado weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. And you had to watch a spring game to determine this information. I was very excited, though, watching the spring game. You're very excited now. Yeah. I mean, you're you're very excited. It's I needed just, to watch more I mean, spring it's, games. It's not a it's not a below the waist shot, but you're very excited right now. I might try to watch the Oregon one this weekend. Yeah, if it's on. Yeah, I think it's on. So, um, yeah, this this was good. I think I think the Pac-12 needed this. You have great quarterbacks. You got some great teams returning. That's always good. So we, if you get like four or five teams in the top twenty-five, awesome. But to get a, you know. Arizona being a little feisty with Jed Fish, you know, um, with 
you know, Kenny Dillingham, Dilly Kenningham, or what was it? What was Denny it? Killingham. Den- Denny Killingham um, at ASU. Like, maybe they're going to be pretty good. You know, I, I like this. Oregon Denny State- Killingham is a guy in his mid-50s who, like, uh, is, like, the, the head of the local order of the moose. Uh, he's, <laughs> like, also, like, big in his union. Hmm. Um, pounds, like, 8 to 12 beers every Friday night. Um, has a gut the size of you know a small cow. That's Denny Killingham. I like that. Yeah, not, but Kenny Dillingham's a lot more energetic. Like yeah, yeah. coaching, yeah, coaching yeah, no. but he should be Denny Killingham. But there could be some excitement there. You know, Oregon State with a quarterback. Who knew? It's like that's like Cal offensing. Like we don't know. Oregon State's got a quarterback. We'll see what happens there. But having like Colorado like matter, um, is it's great. I mean from. Colorado's just this afterthought. Now it's like must see TV. Like people are going to want, they're going to care about what Colorado does, you know, and going on the road for at, at TCU, the team that was, you know, runner up to the national championship in the first game, like pretty crazy. And, you know, going on the, you know, playing USC, playing Oregon early on, playing Nebraska, the old rival. Like there's so many cool storylines going on there. And, you know, maybe the, if they get blown out, it'll take a little bit of the shine off, but uh, I think there could be some real excitement there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and finish up the rest of the spring game. So back in a minute. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Beautiful. All right. How was your break? Uh, mine was good. I didn't. Get, I thought you'd give me another donut, but you did not. No, no. I had to run out real quick. Yeah. Um. To poo. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh. Well, let's go. Uh. To the two-time defending Pac-12 champions, Utah Utes. Utes. So they now call their spring game the twenty-two forever game. So that's kind of cool. A, a lot of Ordering of the number 22 over the last couple of years. A um, lot of points. So no uh, no Cam Rising, uh, no Brent Keefe. They were doing some interviews and stuff there. Both said they're on track to return. But even without them, 66 points, not a lot on the defensive side. They had about a little under 10,000 fans. So that was actually a, a decent number. Uh, pretty cold there like it was in Colorado. I know you'd want to know the score. I forget what the spread was, but the white... White team did win 38-28. So that's a big deal. Uh a lot of young I've always been I've always been big on the red team. So um, yeah. pl- 
playing the playing the whites within ten. That was that's pretty impressive. It was a fourteen point spread, so they kept it closer, uh, yeah. and it was a comeback too. Uh, mostly, Respectable. yeah. A lot of young new players that were played in there. Uh, Brandon Rose probably was the best looking quarterback, um, and it, you know, I think he had a pick and had a pretty nice tackle in there too. Um, you would like Brent Keefe's beard. Or Brent, I'm sorry, Brant Keefe. I keep saying the wrong name. Brant Keefe's beard. It was pretty glorious. So it would, you would fall uh, right in there. What you color? Like that. Huh? What color? It's like brown. I don't know. Just brown? Yeah, it wasn't. I don't. No, I don't, no, I, no other hues. I'm sure there was. No blonde uh, streaks. No red streaks. Just brown. I'm watching on like you know my computer, so like Pac-12 Network. Uh, probably not going to get the best high definition feed but yes uh it looked good you I said just it. brown though just, i believe it was just brown. but full-bodied was it long was it thick what are we there talking? was a, a good amount of thickness and length to it i would wow, say okay so, so like pretty, C- civil war general-esque yeah i, I would say something like okay. that yeah like standard civil war general not like an ambrose burnside situation, not one of the weird no but, no no, yeah, no yeah. not like whatever was the the trend back then right <laughs> <laughs> trendy beers <laughs> <laughs> Did you know you were old timey back then? You're like a Civil War general. Like, you look around, you're like, I know it's like right now, but damn, I'm old timey. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I, the thing is, like, with an Ambrose, everybody, if you haven't, Google Ambrose Burnside real quick because you want to see a picture of him. Actually, pull one up. Pull one up and put it on the screen. Can you do that? Oh can you my know, God. How quickly you can you do talk. that? So, Ambrose Burnside, um, once you see this guy, he's this bald dude, uh, but he has these full on mutton chops um where the chin is also shaven but like it's it's all the way down and then up and then around for the mustache and it's just you wonder uh, did did you really think that looked good like at what point were you like yeah no this is my jam this is what i need because you understand the guys with the big long beards like oh okay that makes sense like having something big and bushy and long you just didn't want to shave but this guy, he actually thought this looked good. He was like, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, clear I am styling right now. Yeah, it's up on the screen if you're watching yeah, on YouTube. So. No. And you could see Alongside David. Not like a you know, not like a svelte gentleman either. Like, so if you're gonna have the big beard, carry the big beard and then you cover up your little turkey waddle down there. But he's not even doing that. He's like, No, I want them to see that. I also want them to see my awkwardly flown out beard. And this extremely strange cut that I'm putting on it. He put in work on this. Yeah. Like, he worked hard to achieve this look. This never looked good. Not at any point in history was anybody like, yes, that. To be fair, because he has the baldness, like the bald spot here, the lines kind of go. It's almost like a racing stripe along. And it it follows. I mean, I would say that had to be a pretty modern. It looks like like one of those old-time football helmets. With the the like one bar here, yes, where it looks like it should be able to be picked up and rotated above your head, right? Yeah, like it's like a chin strap, <laughs> um, and I I just don't know why he did that. Yeah, look at that, glorious. Like, there's a lot of bad facial that, hair in history, but uh, this one this one's up there. Burnside's up there. I've done it, by the way. I've I've shaved my beard into a Burnside before. Did you really? Yes. Like why? Just for fun. Could it be like a Halloween costume? Like no, uh, no, it was it was literally just for fun. Oh, yeah. I also um uh in my in my very thick beard gory days I straightened the whole thing with a hair straightener. 
Okay. Just to see how long, because my my beard gets a little kinky, like it gets kind of um, thick. Uh, it made it very long and like able to be brushed. It was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, yeah. So Brant's beard. You go check it out. You can Google a picture of that. Uh, they do have a deep running back room, which is going to be a theme from some other Pac-12 spring games as well. Jaquinton Jackson was the the feature back there, but they got some veterans. They got a bunch of people back uh but the the spring game for whatever reason they were just throwing the ball all over the place and you know they have it's spring game you get visitors uh i think there were some offensive skill players uh on visits so they might have just been trying to feature the passing game uh and then uh not a ton of transfers right but old miss uh defensive back transfer miles battle did have a pick six in the game so that was one of the one of the highlights very exciting Setting stuff. Are you are you high on the Utes? Where are you with the Utes? I'm pretty high on the Utes. I think they're going to be a classic Ute team. I don't think they're going to be uh, the teams they've been the last couple of years, just because okay. Rising is going to take a little while to come back. Um, I think they'll be kind of defensive dependent, despite the high scoring spring game. Right. Uh, but I think they're going to be a little bit defensive dependent to start the year. But I think they'll be like an eight nine win team. You know, nice. about about typical for the Utes over the last decade. But obviously, when the Win the Pac-12 the last two years, uh, get some opportunities now. Let's go to a team that could potentially win the Pac-12. Oregon State Beavers. So this was uh, the stadium is almost done. So the whole if you know I went to the I went there to research last year and the whole side was for the spring game. No, for an actual game. Oh, but the oh, whole an actual game. I went the whole, wow. Was, distinguishing between the spring game and an actual football game. Yes. Wow. Who knew you? But right? we were in like these little temporary, like, um, I like uh, little cabana kind of things that were like shipping containers or something, um, because that whole side of the stadium was gone. Now it's like there's a structure there. It's not finished, but it's going to be done. So it looked pretty cool. They filled most of the lower bowl. Uh, they had about five thousand fans there, which apparently was the most in the Jonathan Smith era. That that was a good turnout, even though I think more people could come. But uh, I thought that was good. They didn't, uh, same thing like Utah. There was a bunch of veterans that weren't playing on both sides of the ball, but there is a real quarterback competition. Uh, DJ Ungulele. How do you say it? It's Ungulele or Ungulele? I'm, I'm, I'm giving up because he's changed it a couple of it's times. It's changed so a bunch. So I am just going to do the DJ Yui Ungulele. Yui Ungulele. Okay. I'm just going to pronounce it all because that's, you know, what I've traditionally been taught about uh, Polynesian, you know, Polynesian names. names. Yeah. So I'm just going to do that. And uh, he can pick a name. He can pick a pronunciation. You get to pick one. All right? You get to pick one pronunciation. Mm-hmm. I will learn that one. But you don't get to throw out two or three. Yeah. It changed a lot. No, no, but, no. Uh, Aiden Childs is the freshman who looks pretty electric, uh, but wasn't maybe the most accurate. And then Ben Goldbranson, sort of like the guy that, you know, I think he's 7-1 to as a starter there, but nothing crazy, nothing fancy. Um, DJ, I think he had a little bit of a slow start. Uh, and then kind of came out and uh, and really settled in there. Uh, Bruce, I mean, none of these guys need to throw it a lot. I mean, Oregon State can get by with 19 straight runs. They could, yeah, because um, they did that against Oregon, <laughs> if you remember. Uh, Bruce Feldman did a story on DJ. He sort of took a few shots at Clemson, kind of on the way out, that they weren't really developing him, that they weren't, you know, it just it's and he felt like they didn't have any confidence in him towards the end, and they weren't, you know, they weren't throwing the ball enough and stuff. So I think he just kind of needed a new 
you know, venue, new change of scenery. He goes to Oregon State, never been to campus. He's like, he didn't, he didn't really care about any of that. He just wanted to know that they were going to be developed and play good football. So I'll, I'll be honest. I don't love that kind of conversation. Uh, not for any of the like traditional reasons, just for what reflects about your own mentality and psyche going into a thing is whining about development. Like you're college athletics, like you're in large part responsible for your own development, especially at quarterback. Like you got to be, with your private coaches, you got to be throwing on the side. You got to be soaking up any opportunity to throw with anybody. If you're not developing, it's on you, buddy. And so, critiquing your program that you're exiting from for all that. If you're going to the NFL draft, it's a different deal. But you're going into a a year where you can show what you can do. Uh, let it show, man. You don't need to whine about that stuff right now. Yeah. Whine about it going into the NFL draft. Whine about it and say, oh, man, you know, with all the coaches I had to, to be able to put together the year I had at Oregon State, that was a blessing. You know, I don't think I developed as well as I needed to at Clemson. I really showed out at Oregon State. Now I'm ready to go to the NFL. Uh, that's a difference. But don't start whining at this point. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know you get really – deep into what spring game meanings are. The the run game wasn't very impressive. Does that concern you at all, David Woods? No. Please, please move on. Right. Uh, we spent, by the way, we spent, I think, 20 minutes on the Colorado spring game, which is longer have. than we will spend on a single game recap all year. A single super actual important. football game recap. It was super important. Yeah, yeah. Um, here at Jonathan Smith, there's a lot of optimism that they can be even better on defense. If you remember, they were the number one scoring defense in the Pac-12 last year. Things are going to be even better. So good defensive team. Like you said, they're going to run the ball. If they get actual good quarterback play, there's no reason why this isn't a team that could win the Pac-12 uh, or at least make the championship game. Okay. Um, they were generating a bunch of pressure on the quarterbacks. Um, they did lose uh, junior Skylar Thomas. Uh, he was going to be a, one of the starting safeties, but he's out for the season because he tore an ACL in the spring. So there's one hit to the defense, but that for, it seemed like they were very optimistic about how good the defense could be. Of course, the run game is going to be really good. They bring a bunch of guys back. You had a quarterback and who the hell knows. Yep. Pretty excited about it. All right, let's go to Washington state Cougars. <laughs> this was a bloodbath, David. Crimson destroyed the gray, 42-14. Um, it's funny. You see some of these like Pac-12 recaps, and they were like saying things like, great win for Washington State. And you're like, what? Like, it, I forget. It might have been this one, but you're just like, they, they played themselves. Like, I, I, I like spring games, but don't, you know, tell me like this was a great win or whatever. Or, you know, it's just like, what are you talking about? Um, so Cameron Ward, apparently looking better. Him and... Uh, John uh, Maytier combined combined for almost 500 passing yards and a couple touchdowns. They got a new um, offensive coordinator, uh, Ben Artbuckle, and uh, it's fast. They say it's explosive. A lot of like catching the ball in space and then running after the catch. That's a big component of it. They actually ran like a trick play, which don't usually want to do that on the spring to put anything on tape, but apparently they did. Um, yeah, it was a Cameron Wards threw a backward pass and then to uh, Lincoln Victor, who was a former high school quarterback, and then he threw it to Cooper uh, Mathers for about 46 yards there. So maybe you won't see that, but they, they showed that in the spring game, which was kind of interesting. Um, and then uh, DJ, uh, 
DT uh, Sheffield was probably the most impressive receiver. He plays in the slot. He had three catches for 121 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but it seems like Ward is a little more comfortable. I know, you know, he doesn't have his offensive coordinator with him anymore, but they seem to like this, this new offense. I don't know. We'll see um, what happens here. But again, optimism out of the spring game, David. Yeah. Uh, you know, this Arbuckle guy, he's very young. Uh, he's 27, I think. Wow. I didn't realize. He's that um, young. Yeah. He's comes out of Western Kentucky. He was a high school coach before that. Uh, Western Kentucky's offense is really good last year. So we'll see. Uh, I remember you got very, very excited about the so-called coup grade last year. Um, and it Washington's offense ended up being horrible. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but you know, add a, add a good offensive guy who's, you know, maybe slightly unproven, but he's shown a little bit. And, um, I, I kind of like getting guys out of the high school ranks sometimes and just seeing uh, if their stuff can translate to the college game, um, and we will see. But, uh, yeah, nowhere to go but up for their offense, the, off- the offense was bad. So one of the big differences I saw, and I don't know all the technical terms, but for their passing offense, they threw balls that went beyond the line of scrimmage instead oh. of balls that went behind the line I of scrimmage. I think they call it something. It's like upfield or um, – yeah. Or uh, is it downfield? That doesn't make any sense. Mm. But balls did that. Yeah. They traveled downfield, as you called it. Sure. Uh, and then people caught those balls, and then they were running. Um, wait, wait, after they caught them, they ran then more? They ran, yeah. Because they were kind of in space, as opposed to behind the line of scrimmage, where all these people were there in front of them. There weren't three defenders right there when they caught the ball? <laughs> right. It was a... Watching when you try to get like Washington State to cover a spread and you're trying to watch their offense, I don't know if I, anything was more frustrating. Like, well, there was one point last year where he was, uh, Cam Ward was playing and he'd had a pretty explosive first half where he was averaging like seven or eight yards per throw. And then I'm like, oh, he's going to finish with like five. And then sure enough, <laughs> like the next 20 passes, all complete, went for like a combined 38 yards. <laughs> It's like, what is this? What is this terrible, shitty offense? Uh, Just like pure swing pass to a defended receiver over and over and over and over. It's like it's one of those things where you sneak that in because people you've already got them back on their heels. Yeah, but what if you could build an entire offense just out of swinging it out to your outside receiver? (laughs) Yeah, that was not it was not pretty, especially by the end of the season. But what are you going to do? Uh, any other thoughts on Washington State? Where no. do you where do you what do you think about them? Uh, I think they've got a lot of work to do offensively. I'm going to hold any kind of uh, true assessment of what they're going to look like once I see what Cam Ward looks like. Yeah, um, and we won't really know. I mean, Wisconsin will maybe be a test, but they'll have to get yeah. into the thick of Pac-12 play before I'm going to start deciding what they look like. Um, but I mean, yeah, they could be a bowl team or they could be a little under that. They're not going to be horrible. I don't think that. I think they'll be pretty good. I think it'll be a tough out again. Yeah. Um, but you know, we'll see how can they can they consistently beat some teams that are like middle of the Pac-12, or are they going to yeah. be like are those 50-50 ones? You'd like to see it like trying to beat some of the top teams, which yeah, there's potential there. We'll see. Totes. Uh, their partner up there in the Pacific Northwest, Washington Huskies. <laughs> this one. Exciting game. Barn burner. Wow. 34-33. Comeback win. Wow. Um, 
You know, I, I I was following this one on Twitter and just like the number of people from around the country who were just like waiting and just like, oh my God, what's gonna happen? Uh it was it was incredible. It was one of the most fun times I've ever had on Twitter. Yeah, it was it's pretty glorious. Um they had like four This is the first I'm hearing about anything we're associated with right. this spring game. Four or five thousand people, which seemed to be kind of like a decent number for the Pac twelve this time around. They did go. I liked it that um, Kalen DeBoer said first team offense, first team defense, second team offense, second team defense. So you get a pretty good feel for like what some of these units are like early on. Um, and I know we had a question about this. I'll pull it up. Uh, I'm sure you saw this. You, you must have gasped when this happened uh, in the spring game when you're following along on Twitter. Uh, Michael Penix got dinged. A little bit of ankle injury. Looked like he got stepped on. So you're not getting hit. He backed up. Uh, you know, he's, he took the snap was backing up and got stepped on by an offensive lineman still played after that, but you're just kind of wondering somebody tripped on Phoenix. It was on the ground. They tripped on their own Phoenix. Uh, It was no, someone else tripped. He tripped off on somebody else. They injured their Phoenix. Hmm. Yeah. They, he looked injured. Michael Penix looked injured. Uh, He did throw a pick though. So did Dylan Morris. That was like the backup guy Um, there. You know, Kalen DeBoer talked afterwards. They, they really need to focus on creating more turnovers. Uh, they only had 12 last year, which is like the worst they've had in like 15 years. So the offense was good. They just didn't force enough turnovers. So trying to get better on the defensive side of the ball, you know, Penix top 10 in the Heisman. So, you know, you win 11 games. There's a lot of positives there. So yeah, that's you listen to Kalen DeBoer and you're just like, okay, that guy knows what he's doing. He can coach pretty optimistic that, you bring a guy like Penix back who could have left for the NFL. They're going to be a, a really good team uh, in in the Pac-12. And uh, see how good the defense is, if they can create some more opportunities. Um, the, the schedule gets tougher this year than it was last year. Um, and, you know, Dylan Morris is still there. So, probably effective But backup. do we know how long it'll take Penix to recover? <laughs> what sort of latency or refractory period he'll have? His recovery time? <laughs> Like I mean, I mean, he's still pretty young, so it should be pretty quick. It but, could be, yeah, but, it could bounce uh, back fast. But how quickly? Yeah, because um, like they're going to need him to perform. Like if it's not good at night, but maybe better the next morning or this kind right. of thing. Okay, yeah. So by by Sunday morning, he was probably fine. Yeah, but I mean, he's relatively young. I mean, he could have gotten yeah. right back in there after twenty or thirty <laughs> minutes of just drinking some fluids and potentially, you know, walking around a little bit. Right. Yeah. Uh, get the blood flowing. Yeah. Get the blood flowing exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but Washington sort of started off slow offensively. They look good, but I like that they, like you said, did ones versus ones. Um, they're going to be, you know, one of the favorites in the Pac-12 for good reason. Yep. Totes. <laughs> no other thoughts? No, God, no. Please, let's move on. Okay. Then the one, the last one, which we probably shouldn't even talk about. Stanford Cardinal. Just, just so everyone knows, because I'm staring at the doc right now, Ryan wrote twice as much about this goddamn spring game as he did about the Washington one. Like, literally twice as much. Yeah. Well, this was just a... I, I got, grabbed a quote. Uh-huh. So there was... Yeah. I didn't write that. I yeah. just grabbed a quote. But uh-huh. uh, Stanford did not uh, really do a spring game. Uh, Troy Taylor talked about it. It just was like, you know, they didn't have the numbers, which... Is that always the case for Stanford every year? Like they don't have 
We had a lot there of guys. That, there was that one year where the, their their number one quarterback was, I think, walk on Jack West. Is that yes, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, they still have three more games, but for whatever reason, they decided to put this one on TV. So, uh, <laughs> I, I literally there's three more three more practices, I should say. Um, so they did some team drills, a little bit of individual drills, and some more team. It wasn't a scrimmage. Um, I just I'm not sure why this was on TV. Uh, but there were some interviews like uh, Ari Patu and Ashton Daniels are going to be the two guys competing at quarterback. You listen to them. They sound like Stanford guys. Um, uh, Ari said that guys are really flying around competing. He said uh, there's a new rule created by the players. There's no walk. No one walks when you're on the field during practices. So everything's faster now. They're Time always out. running. Time out. Time yeah. out. I, I've been watching UCLA practices for a while. Uh Stanford had didn't have this rule in place. I I've been watching a lot of football practices for my entire life. There is always some strength coach or somebody yelling at the players. Don't don't walk. Don't walk on the field. Yeah. It took till this year for Stanford to have that rule. I guess. David Shaw, what were you doing? Yeah, some of it's just like you need a new a new voice, a new face, a new something, a new High attitude. schools don't allow you to walk on the field. My daughter's AYSO soccer coach didn't allow them to walk around on the field. Yeah. She's six. Well, you're going to see some, like, no huddle from this team. So things are going to go a little faster. They say they start practice with, like, ones versus ones just to get the tempo going. So it sounds like, the, from what those guys were saying, they just needed, like, kind of a, a you know, jolt of energy. Um, you know, David Shaw is not necessarily like bringing down the, you know, raising the roof. Right. So <laughs> I would, <laughs> so, so it's sort of the, the, the feeling I got from listening to the interviews was more about like, yeah, let's get some, you know, let's get some excitement going. Um, cause you could do like, if you've got big offensive linemen, you can run the ball and you can kind of be that way, but man, it just sort of just seemed to like just not be very exciting anymore and just sort of like the same stuff. So we'll see what George Taylor can do. I think it's going to be a really tough uh, rebuild there. Um, you know, he talked that they asked him about like transfer portal stuff and like how they're trying, you know, they're trying to get to modernize that. They're, you know, I think they brought some, I think they brought a couple of transfers in, um, but just it's, it's like, it's going to be really hard, I think, for Stanford to compete that way. Uh, even with the NIL stuff, he said they have a collective now. Um, it's just you're not getting the support that you're getting from other places. So they're trying. They're going in that direction. But they were, they're were they so far off. Like they, You feel like they were left behind, um, way behind, and you're trying to like – you know, you're, you're on a cruise ship, and they dropped you off in a rowboat, and you started – you didn't do anything for a while, and the cruise ship's like sailing away, and then you're like – Oh, you know what we should do? We should get closer to that ship again. And now you're starting to paddle that way, but like you're pretty far off still. That's sort of my assessment of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, sort of a mutiny on the bounty situation. Hmm. Maybe. I don't remember that. Who knows? What was that? Uh yeah. So trying. Is it too little, too late? I don't know. Uh I think we saw, you know, we heard from Cal last week, Stanford this week. Even with the optimism, like I'm not feeling strongly about these two these two the two barrier schools might be the two bottom teams in the conference yeah would you think that's correct because colorado won't be anymore no no it's it's definitely the barrier schools They're i don't be think horrible. it won't be arizona or arizona state no it's, it's not be gonna Cal be washington state no it's going to be cal and stanford yeah yeah which kind of sucks you know does like, it i mean it's just you don't want to see that 
<laughs> Somebody's got to be. Yeah. I don't know. But whatever. But I mean, that's Stanford, uh, they kept David Shaw about two and a half years too long. Probably, yes. Um, they're still maintaining with their horrible basketball coach. They're not serious. So why should anybody reward them with anything good? That's fair. Uh, Cal, uh, they've continued with Justin Wilcox. So they're not serious. Why would anybody wish them anything good? Yeah. Be serious. Then people can wish you good things. Take take things seriously. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple questions from the chat. If you have any ones, you want to put them up there. Um, Carlos, does the long... Uh, does the longer wait go for the Pac-12, Pac-10 media deal mean that we are much closer to its complete demise? So the fact that we're waiting a long time for the media rights deal yes. to happen. You think the demise is like eminent? No, I just think it's related to how uh, unable they've been to uh, secure a media deal. I think there's enough data points now that the Pac-12 is not on good footing. I don't think we're, uh, you know... Really? <laughs> They're also getting sued, and they owe Comcast a bunch of money. Yeah. There's, uh, I mean, it's, yeah. There's a lot of bad things, is what I'm saying. The spread is not, yeah. like Yeah, where's Wilner on his spread? I want to see where that is. We should get Wilner on, even though they do their own show now. But yeah, uh, talk about that. Uh, Tony says, is a super conference bad for USC or UCLA? Yeah. You think it is? Yeah. Why? It's bad for college football. Oh, so bad for everybody. It's bad for everyone. Uh, so all this stuff is short-term gain, long-term bad. Bad, 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 bad. Uh, short-term, yeah, UCLA and USC will make some money. Okay. But long-term, I think everyone's kind of screwed. Are you considering the Big Ten a super conference? Or this is yes, like... the Big Ten and the SEC are super conferences. I, maybe the so what if we change the question to okay so now college football as we know it sort of ends and like the SEC incorporates the ACC the Big Ten maybe grabs the Big Twelve mm -hmm. and the, the Pac twelve so now these are real super conferences basically just like two yeah conferences is that bad like yeah it's bad specifically for USC UCLA not bad for the whole you think it's, it's bad, bad for, for every it's bad for the entire sport I think there's going to be significantly less interest in the sport uh, if you. Uh, dumb it down to just super conferences and those are the only ones that matter gotcha uh which is what it's going to be um and of course that's bad it's it's creating uh it's creating another nfl but and here's the real kicker they're not as good none of the programs are as good none of the players are as good but everything about it is very nfl-y uh mm. they'll probably divide them up into like little pods of four then they'll have divisional playoffs and then you know wild card team and all that kind of shit and it's gonna suck nobody's gonna want to watch that at the level that they currently do because it's gonna it's gonna already people are probably gonna feel distance because eventually these guys are gonna be employees and they're not gonna be students at the university which that's an old head mentality but it is gonna play into it then on top of that you're not gonna have any of the rivalries that you've always had for ucla and usc specifically so you're gonna be playing games against like indiana rutgers uh illinois nebraska just schools you do not give a shit about in any way. You can't talk shit to your coworkers about it, so your interest is going to go down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're a hardcore fan, you're going to be like, oh, okay, well, this is great. I can watch new teams. But if you're not, if you're one of the fringe fans, one of the people who make up like the Hoy Poloi that actually go to games but like don't actually care that much, know like five or six players' names but not 85, your interest is going to diminish significantly. Um, and so, yeah, it's not good. 
uh, it's a complete misunderstanding of the sport that they are invested in. And by that, I mean the TV people. Nice. They are trying to uh, destroy and uh, murder and eat the golden goose. Wow. So you feel very strongly about this. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, we'll see. What if we had relegation? So what if there was a super conference? But now, then, you're like, talk, now you're speaking my language, but still. So what you're creating there is a professional league, which is a different deal. Like The yeah. thing is, the value of college athletics uh, and the reason that it has this connection to people that isn't necessarily present with professional leagues is that a significant number of the people who are fans of a school went to that school participated in the uh you know the athletic experience the ath- academic experience that a lot of these guys are you know also participating in yes you you went to that school for four years so you wear your hat with the stupid logo on it and then they play for that stupid logo and they also go to that school and they maybe have some of the same professors you did okay you can get behind that that's kind of cool um but then if you create this relegation system yes it'll be more interesting to watch if you are a fan of the sport but if you are uh, somebody who went to UCLA in the 90s and you had a great uh, buddy from Cal who you love to talk shit to, and the only reason you really went to football or basketball was to be able to talk shit to your buddy, and then you <laughs> built a, you know, a, a longstanding kind of, you know, in that kind of tortured male way of having a relationship with this friend where all you do is talk <laughs> shit about sports, and then you no longer play, well, what's your interest level, you know? Yeah, uh, and so there's just like a level of this that I think people who don't really understand it don't get, and like TV executives, yeah, who are just trying to take as much money out of it and make it as 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 efficient monetarily as they can without understanding the actual impetus for people to watch this crap. Gotcha. And you could be damaging the reason why people watch. You you are damaging the yeah. reason people watch. Thus, killing the golden goose, as you mentioned. Correct. Okay. We got one last one, Carlos. Uh, does UCLA have any news recruiting transfer portal? Anything? I, my, in football. My, yeah, I think in football. And, and my guess would be God no. Um, Is that what you would say? Uh, they were a little bit blindsided by the transfer portal opening earlier, um, and so I think they were playing a little bit of catch up just on their prep stuff. But yeah, they're going to have. Um, I'm sure they're going to have some visitors in. Um, and uh, But no, nothing super imminent. They need, you know, watching spring ball, they definitely need uh, offensive linemen, and they probably need, though I would say a little bit less of a need after watching spring, but uh, they probably need a cornerback. Uh, but they definitely need offensive linemen. Yeah. Um, their numbers are down. Uh, the transfer that they got in at guard from Purdue, he's been hurt the last week of practice. Um their right tackle, starting right tackle, he went down with a knee injury of some sort. Um, doesn't seem like it's an ACL, but it might be enough to keep him out for the rest of the spring. So it just makes it obvious that they need more numbers. They need more quality depth. Uh, they've really eschewed um, uh, high school recruiting the last two cycles uh, for offensive line, which is really dicey. Because uh, transfer portal era, you might be able to get a starter or two, um, but you're not going to get the depth you need um via the transfer portal uh because guys transferring out who are not automatic starters they're largely transferring out of these programs because they can't move up the depth chart mm. um so anybody you're going to get in the portal who's going to be a depth guy eh, probably not ever a starter for you you need to do that in the high school ranks develop them within your program 
they're showing signs of doing that in the 2024 class. They've already got two commitments uh, in the offensive line ranks, but uh, the last two classes, they've gotten two total commitments on the offensive line, and that's just not getting it done. Not enough. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, hopefully you guys enjoyed all the spring game recaps. Um, thanks for watching uh, on YouTube if you've been doing that or listening uh, across the podcasting podcasting platforms. Oregon will have the spring game on April 29th, and then according to uh, – this is uh, breaking news – to David Woods, not sure if UCLA's going to have a spring game. Because, you know, it would be this weekend, right? Is this the last week of spring? No, no. UCLA, that's the... This is why it's obvious that they were a little bit blindsided by the um, uh, transfer portal stuff. Yeah. Their spring goes until uh, May 5th. Wow. Okay, so they're going longer. Yeah, they're going way longer than pretty much anybody else in the country. Well, they started later. Yes. Uh, and then... But the transfer portal was supposed to open May 1st and go to the 15th, and they moved it up. They changed it. So maybe UCLA sort of didn't realize that or something. I'm not sure. Yep. Uh, but, you you know, the portal being open when your spring game ends, we saw with Colorado a lot of, you know, guys leaving um, in a lot of additions. But, yeah, we should have one spring game recap next week with Oregon and then I guess maybe UCLA after that. Send us your questions. Let us know what you want us to talk about as we go into the offseason. But this was a fun one. I loved the Colorado spring game, David. I loved it. It was great to watch that on ESPN. It was very exciting. Snow. I mean, it was it was cold in Boulder. Prime wearing a hat. Ralphie. Like, it doesn't get much better than that. This is a tough show for me. <laughs> I know. College football. You hate talking about it, which is why we do this, right? Spring football. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, I am Ryan Abraham. Uh, that is David Woods. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye.